Hello, I'm Marco Zaza. And I'm David Zaza. This is Concertina Died and Other Stories of the East Side. Over the years, whenever our family was gathered around the dining table, I would tell stories about growing up on the east side of Youngstown, Ohio. These are fond memories of my youth, of my Italian immigrant parents, and of the shared experiences of family. I hope that some of the pleasure and the sense of the past that I get from telling them comes through in this podcast. Family histories are layered, and of course subject to that ever-unreliable human trait, memory. It can be hard sometimes to know if a memory one has is real, especially memories from our own childhoods. We find ourselves asking, do I remember this? Or am I remembering a photo of it, and what my parents told me about it? Without memory, and perhaps without the mind filling in the gaps in our own histories, this podcast wouldn't couldn't exist. And without today's story really happening almost three-quarters of a century ago, perhaps I wouldn't exist either. But life's too short to dwell on all the various things that had to happen in order for our own lives to be brought about. All that matters is that, imperfect or not, the memory Marco shares today reveals the connection, the unbroken line, between who we were as children and who we are today. Remembering the Parker Street Spring Temperatures this week in North Carolina have been hovering between 90 and 98 degrees Fahrenheit, and we're constantly seeking the cool comfort of air conditioning and a cold drink. Back in the late 40s and early 50s, summers in Youngstown, as I recall, were just as hot, and air conditioning was an ancient electric fan that managed to push the hot air around, giving us a false impression that we were cooling off. Windows were cracked open throughout the house in hopes that a small breeze would help to cool things, and the shades were pulled down low, keeping our house in eerie semi-darkness. My brothers and I were constantly arguing about whose turn it was to stand in front of the oscillating fan, thus denying all others the cooling rush of air. Of course, the pushing and yelling only lasted as long as it took Mama to intervene and forbid any of us to come within yards of the fan. At some point, we would inevitably start to pester Mama for a cold drink, hoping that she would make some Kool-Aid, or even better, offer to open a bottle of Golden Age soda pop in one of many delicious flavors. However, Kool-Aid, which required the addition of sugar, and soda pop were reserved for special times or company, and Mama always came up with the same solution for our summer thirst. Here is two empty gallon jugs for each of you. Don't run, walk slowly, and go to the top of the hill to the natural water spring, have a nice long drink, and then fill the gallons with the cold water so that we can all enjoy it. This natural spring, right in the middle of industrial Youngstown, Ohio, was on Parker Street Hill in a wooded area, and the water was perfectly clear and ice cold. As a matter of fact, when I was 12 or 13, my father's cousin Dominic came to visit bringing with him two nieces a few years younger than me. I took the older of the two for a walk up to the spring. The little girl's name? Marie Labasso, now my wife of almost 60 years. 
and Marie remembers that I did carry an empty jug so that I could bring back some spring water for my mother. Obviously, this is a charming little story about hot summers, cooling off, arguing with your brothers about standing in front of the fan, and your mother sending you off to get the spring water, and that's all nice. But there's something at the end of the story that, when I first heard it, surprised me. (laughs) Now, you'll remember in the book, we illustrated this story with a wonderful picture of the very young Marie Labasso. And by the way, listeners, you can see this picture and images for all the stories on the ConchettinaDied.com website. So, Dad, let me just clarify, because you do make mention in another story in this podcast about meeting Mom as a young man. But you said it was at a wedding in Pennsylvania. That's correct. We were both adults then. But in fact, you first met as kids. Yes. During this visit. And I forgot all about her. (laughs) Well, sure, somebody who came just for a short visit, and so, wait, who exactly was Dominic? Dominic was my father's cousin, and he was a cousin also to Marie's father. And he asked their permission to take Marie and her sister Irene to Ohio with him. They would be staying at my sister Martha's house. So this was just a short visit, a week or whatever. For a week, maybe. I don't remember. So this is going back a long time. You're in your 80s. Yes. And this is what, 70 years ago? Yeah, so it's 70 years. It's a long time ago. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like, well, I know it wasn't your first date because you were just kids. You were just taking this girl to the spring. Right. It was something to do. But what a great parallel in that this first encounter together was a walk. And now you've been walking along together for almost 60 years. And literally, you go to this park here in Wilmington every morning. And we walk. And so you walk. But there's no spring. So, well, there's no spring, but you're still with the same person 70 years later. I am. Still walking. And talking. What did you talk about on that first walk? I don't know that we talked about anything. I was probably just in the throes of uh, young adulthood thinking I could steal a kiss. But she was having none of that. (laughs) So I didn't. And we just went to the spring, collected the water, and came back home. I'll ask Marie later and see if she remembers what we talked about. Well, dear listener... There's no need for Marco to go ask her, since we have a very special guest on the podcast this week, Marie Zaza, wife of one of your hosts and mother to the other. Hi, Mom. Hello. So tell me, what do you remember of this trip? You were, what, 10 or 11? What do you remember about the drive from New York to Ohio with your cousin Dominic? Well, what I remember most was that uh, he made several stops along the way to Howard Johnson's and there was for breakfast pancakes and which he called flapjacks <laughs> and uh ice cream was always on the list it was kind of an adventure for for us to be going there had you and your sister ever gone away before i mean away from your parents before no and you have to remember my parents didn't have a car at that time so we didn't drive around on trips We didn't go on trips like that. Right. Anywhere you went, you had to go... By subway. (laughs) 
And then what was your impression of arriving at the Zaza compound in Youngstown? I was kind of amazed that it was like like a compound. I mean, it, it just seems spacious and great place to run around and play. And And I'm trying to get the timeline straight for myself here. This is around the time you left East Harlem and moved to Queens? Were you around 10 or 12 when you moved to Bayside? I was. I was about 10. And this might have been the summer after. So you were at least somewhat used to having more space. I mean, you'd moved from the densest part of the city to what was still practically countryside in New York City then. It must have been a big difference. Big, big difference between living in East Harlem and living in Queens and the only street that was built up. So then arriving in Youngstown, you must have met people you ended up knowing ever since, up to today. Obviously, you were staying with Aunt Martha, so you met Martha and Joe, and Dad, obviously, and his parents, and his other siblings, too. I, we did, and uh, but we'd never met up with them again, except for his parents. Occasionally, we saw your grandmother and your grandfather in Hoboken, New Jersey, but I never saw Martha or Palma or Nick or Jerry again until, okay. until we got engaged, yeah. Okay, so if you can recall, what were your impressions of young Marco when you met him? I can recall. I mean, he's wearing glasses or, yeah, I think he wore glasses at that time. And he was okay. We didn't really hang around much because my sister and I, you know, we kind of stuck together and we were mostly at Martha's house. And Diane and Linda were already born. They were. They were children, small children. Diane was toddling around, and Linda was still in a little buggy that you could push around, you know. Great. And do you remember this walk up to the Parker Street Spring? Yeah, I do. It was pretty much like your father said. He was. We were walking and talking, and we went down to the spring, collected the water, and just walked up in the woods a little bit and back down the hill, and that was about it. Sweet. Yeah. Nice time. Okay. Thank you, Marie. Now, Dad... These are great memories all around. Now, what else? I mean, do you have anything else you... No, but I do want to say something. In today's world, we would not be allowed to drink that water from the Parker Street Spring because it was a man-made thing. Someone drove a pipe into this side of this hill and water started pouring out. But there's so many rules today... (laughs) that I don't think that we would be allowed to go there and drink that water. It was also in the middle of a very industrial area. But it was it was in the middle of a very industrial area, but Parker Street was kind of a country road. It had a big hill, and this spring was located about halfway up that hill. But it was behind the football field of East High School. Well, anyway... People do still drink spring water. Yeah, but it comes in bottles with labels now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I was really asking about memories of mom. So anything there? You said you maybe would have uh, tried to steal a kiss, but, well, did you hold hands? I don't think so. Because you hold hands now on your walks. Yeah, we do. But now that's so she can steady me. (laughs) I didn't need studying then. Oh, that's great. So is there anything else you want to say about all of this? No, but I'm so glad we met then, and that we met again years later. I'm pretty glad they met then, too. The stories and memories you hear on this podcast are all Marco. 
This week, we were honored, though, to have more memories courtesy of Marie Zaza. Thanks, Mom. Thanks also to Stephanie Zaza, who sent me some conversation prompts for this episode. Next week, Dad shares the title story for this podcast, so if you want to learn how Conchettina died, don't touch that dial. Looking forward to seeing you all back here, and Marco, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>